Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or StockTwits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Yo, yo. Yo. Knut. Howie. I've run out of different things to say. It's just Knut. You can say that. It works. Yeah. I and respond to all, you Hans. I respond to a lot of different versions of my name, though. I just made just call you Hans. That's oh, fine. I miss Hans. Yeah. What he do we says hear? hi, by the way. What do we I hear? Talked the other day. Why does he not call me? He's very, like, antisocial. I don't know. Living in Thailand. Living the life. Heineken. Living the humidity life. Exactly. Could you live in Thailand? No. Yeah. He lived in Russia, too. Oh, yeah. He's done some interesting things, that kid. Yes, he's he one of our friends, Morten Hans, who was an out in our group from Norway. It was a whole Oslo exchange at school. Yeah. They were not as important as the rest of us, though. <laughs> no, but it was, you guys were tight. Morten Hans, you. Was there a fourth? Or was it just a three? I'll think about it. Okay. The, um, you're on Panic with Friends. We had a, a reprieve from the endless selling today. I don't know how long it'll last, but uh, it's given me a little boost of energy as we do four podcasts, maybe a record for us. Full workday and four podcasts to follow. Not bad. And, and I'm getting yelled at from a lot of people. Just people are in bad moods and I just have to take it from other people today. <laughs> so never Canute though, always friendly. We, uh, poor speller though, fixing copy all day. <laughs> We have, I think one of the most important topics right now, because it's the panic, is there's a lot of young people. They don't care about investing, but they got their biggest investment is their student debt. So I wanted to have a special guest episode, one of our founders, a fresh founder. I don't, I don't feel it's important to have too many fresh founders. They're too busy. But uh, since Bobby has raised fresh venture capital and is, and is very lean and has such an incredible, interesting API product called Pay It Off, uh, and has so much knowledge about student debt and how to uh, navigate student debt. Uh, I thought it would just be important to let him ramble, and we'll share this with the inter- internet, and I bet you this one uh, will get passed around more than any other um, uh, podcast that we do, because there's so many people this affects. And this is such uh, this will be a very a big knowledge drop. You ready? Yes, I am. So before we call Bobby, um, he get, sent us an ad. I'm not going to read that because he's got a 30-minute ad coming up. So we're going to do Manscaped. Good idea. So I'm going to read. Uh, they wrote an, an ad for me. So I'm going to read it very professionally. And Manscaped.com, listen, every man should Manscape. And then for the, for the 10% of female audience out there, great gift for your college son, your teen son, and your husband, your husband's manscaping. You may not hear the mower going, but it's going. We're not mowing the outside lawn. We're mowing the inside lawn. Do you manscape? That's a private <laughs> question. My hair, it's just endless. I shave my boobs and then like three days later, it's like a fucking forest again. It's unbelievable. Thank you for sharing. Well, I just, is that only me? It can't just be me. Other manscape wouldn't be popular if it was just me. All right, we're not going to hear from you. What about the boys? Have you bought a lawnmower for the boys? No, but I bet they have one each. Okay. It's, that's the thing. They have it. They don't talk about it, but they have it. Okay. this They are a portfolio company of ours, Manscaped. One of the fastest growing companies I've seen revenue-wise and uh, creative-wise. Uh, I've learned a lot from Paul. He's going to be on next. Anyways, 
I want you to take a second and look down. You looking down? When was the last time you shaved your junk, K-Nut? Don't lie. It's been a while. Manscaped holds you accountable to get rid of the funk and to shave your junk. Grooming is essential nowadays, but I know a lot of you are still hesitant to manscape. Don't be. You're afraid you might cut yourself, which is understandable. That's why this revolutionary company has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents so this trimmer won't nick or snag your skin. Unbelievable. Take my advice. Go to manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. And try the lawnmower 3.0. Trust me, great gift too. All right, let's get Bobby on the phone. Hey, how's it going? Bobby, Bobby. Hello, hello. How's it going, Howard? Good. Are you clamped down in New York? Yeah, we are on lockdown in Brooklyn right now. Um, not really going anywhere, but we have enough food, so we're feeling all right. Are you hearing the sirens? Brooklyn, I heard there's a lot of, lot of outbreak. <laughs> yeah, actually, the, we have more cases than Manhattan, yeah. it turns out. Yeah, you, uh, you so, uh, yeah. hipsters just don't know how to stay apart. <laughs> I know, socially distancing is uh, not, a not Brooklyn easy thing. for us. <laughs> I guess not. And uh, yeah, I know, it's, it's, it's been a little like intense over here. And are you guys going to get tested? Is everybody in Brooklyn probably needs to get tested? Oh boy. I mean, I don't know. Whenever we get testing, I'm down to do it. So there's still, even though you're in New York and you guys probably are focused on this, you're not finding it easy to get tested? No, not at all. I mean, oh. you, you have to have symptoms uh, and you have to, or you've had to have exposure at some point. Hmm. Uh, and then you provide documentation of that. So yeah, all there's right. no so real way to get it right now. Stay locked down. You have a baby in the house, correct? Yeah, eighteen month old. All right, well, yeah. do some bonding. So just, sew some, some yeah, sew yeah. some socks. Sew a sweater. <laughs> knit a sweater. <laughs> I don't have any time for that because there's so many student loan borrowers losing their jobs right now. All so. right, so let's <laughs> let's get right into it. student loan borrowers losing their job. That's the subject. Yeah, that's the panic of today. So this is going to be a deep dive into the world, the miserable world of debt and mm-hmm. and some education. So take your time. Let's tell people a little bit about yourself and why you came up with this product and what pay it off is. Take your time, go. Yeah, sure. So, you know, my background is mainly in uh, uh, tech lead type positions, engineering and product roles. I've worked on Stitch Fix, Fandango, Groupon, uh, Prosper, a variety of other brands like that. Um, my wife and I had six-figure student debt that was keeping us from starting a family. And you know, this is about four to five years ago, and it was just, you know, impossible to make any real. What was a payment decisions. on a six figure? What's a monthly payment in today on a six figure debt loan? Oh, it, de- it depends. I mean, if you're on an income driven plan, it can be lower. If you're range, uh, so income on yeah, what's a range? Yeah, I'd say for for us, it was close to our rent pretty much every month. Okay, so uh, that's like forty percent. So, so you're at eighty percent before you're even eating. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, you're, you, you can have a, it's very common to have like, even if you have a decent income, you're still not making real money. You don't see a lot of cash if you're a student loan borrower these days. Oh my God. Uh, and most of it's going to your servicer. Um, so yeah. And I think you, you look at today, I mean, today is the, the, the thing is most borrowers don't know that they have a lot of options. Like we didn't know we had a ton of, you know, income driven options we could leverage, uh, various deferment, 
clauses that could benefit you at certain times of, of hardship. Um, it was a really complex environment for us to navigate, which, you know, having the engineering background, I just started, you know, digging into that rabbit hole and it just kept going. You know? But thousands I, I of people have done obsessed. what you've done. So maybe the timing's better. So, so you got obsessed and, and what was the Eureka moment or, or when you said, I got to start a company? Yeah, I think this was my second venture. Uh, I spent two months like making sure this, you know, I was scratching my own itch, but I needed to make sure that it wasn't just just my itch. And I think what the eureka moment was when was when somebody who I was like helping out with their student loans, essentially like we, you know, solved it for us. We saved like 70K uh, just navigating through this maze of options. Uh, and then I started sharing it with friends and friends of friends. And then someone was like, Hey, can I pay you to do this? And I think whenever, like, the willingness for a borrower to pay for this help was the signal to me that, hey, there's people really need this help. And I, I wanted to dig into, like, what are the real problems with student debt? Like, what, like, I, I need to put my skills to this because I just didn't see good products out there. I didn't see good, uh, you know, refi was out there, but that applies to like 8%. Well, of lack of information maybe. is the product. That's what the, yeah. You know what I mean? Murkiness yeah, is the product. Welcome to Wall Street. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I wanted to provide just just unbelievable transparency when there was none. Okay. Uh, and that's what we had gotten. And that's when I realized that even just a little insight could do an extreme amount of good for a borrower is when I was like, I got to do this full time. I just got to put all my energy in. And so tell me how pay it off works and what it is. Yeah, so what what we are is we're an API-first B2B student loan solution. So what we do is we help fintech companies, financial institutions whose customers are carrying student debt. What we're able to do is essentially optimize that repayment, uh, whether it's leveraging federal programs uh, or any of the hundreds of loan assistance programs out there, uh, and enrolling the borrower in the plan that's best for them, as well as managing it. Um, the way we do it's pretty different because we're focused on providing the ROI for both the borrower and the partner that we are working with. Uh, we work with a lot of folks in the workplace, uh, D2C fintech type applications. And, you know, that's essentially where we found that there's a lot of underserved borrowers. Um, and you can especially see like this, this, we know this pain is super real, but you can especially sense it now. Like the COVID situation is is crazy because any, I guarantee you, every fintech company has customers who are in the middle of, uh, in a lot of pain, basically saying to themselves right now, like, how do I, what do I do with my student loan payment? Uh, how do I even get a hold of servicers? You know, right now there's, there's quadruple the call volume to servicers that oh. there normally is. And the servicers, and how many services are, that's one of the things too. There's like a OPEC oligopoly in that industry, is there not? Yeah, there's like there's like four big ones, and mm -hmm. then there's five like smaller nonprofit ones mm -hmm. um, that 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 are federal loan servicers. Got it. Got it. And you know, the, it's 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 not their fault that they get like inundated with this. I mean, the servicers sure. they they are they have a business model which is they make money on loan volume, so that's they their business is oriented around that. Mm -hmm. um, it just so happens that doesn't work well for for borrowers in, in aggregate and they, they don't have good tools to help for, you know, a sudden quadruple call volume. So you, you wrote know? code and, to tap into the servicers. Well, to tap in all the regulations, that was actually where it started was look at all the availability. And, and I, I, what I noticed is that no one was doing assessment. Well, there was no one that could figure out 
based on that person's profile, what is the best path for them? Like everybody had a different situation, but knowing that if I could basically tap into the biggest data source and personalize it right and personalize it perfect to that borrower, no matter if they're a doctor in Chicago or a teacher in Texas, um, those are very different outcomes, right? But they could both be on income-driven plans. They're both probably doing loan assistance or forgiveness options. So I focus on that. Um, and now we like, now there's, it's grown into also enrollment, all sorts of other functionality that we're trying to automate that's very manual. Um, so that started at the regulatory level. But the um, consumer but yeah, doesn't the, come to pay it off. You are, you are focused on B2B. Yeah, yeah. The, the consumer is not coming to pay it off. They're working with our partners. So there's, um, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of an announcements over the next two weeks to be a bit more public about who we're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very timely time to have this tech. I mean, we automate the process of enrollment into the income-driven plans. If I'm a borrower, I've lost my job. In two API calls, I can be making $0 payments that will count, uh, build my credit, that will count towards forgiveness, and that will mostly be, well, actually right now, entirely be subsidized by the government, any interest charge. So it's like, we need to get this tech out now. Yeah, you need to get um, the tech out now. So have you guys as a team thought about just a pay it off consumer front end for emergency, like for this situation, or you don't want to compete? Or what's the, what's the strict? Yeah, stress? that's the tricky part. That's tricky, yeah. right? It's tricky because, you know, we don't want to compete with our customers. No, I know you don't, you know, but we, this, yeah. this, this, this pandemic may have changed. You haven't had to think about that. Yeah. You're still focused on we, Yeah, we talked about it. Actually, you know, we came up with a couple ideas uh, and, and one we're going to execute on with a partner, it turns out. But if they didn't okay. want it, if we couldn't get buy-in from one of our customers to do an initiative with us, we would have done it on our own because we know that borrowers can benefit, um, you know, from this right now and servicers can't handle the call volume. So they're, you're looking at millions of people right now looking for answers yeah. that they can't get. Yeah. And they, they're frustrated because this is other than rent, this is their biggest payment. Yeah, essentially like that's, a, that's the, the reality here. And we're not talking about a small, I mean, one in five Americans has student debt, seven out of 10 of the last graduating class. So we're talking about a lot of people, a especially pandemic. a lot of younger folks. Well, student yeah, debt is itself. a pandemic. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, yeah. In itself, it is. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been, I've been barking about this for years, <laughs> and I think the the reality is, you know, it's an it's a greatly underserved. People feel like it's niche. They just think, oh, refi, SoFi figured it out, but it is very far from being figured out. And what does SoFi do? What made, what was their uh, wedge in? Why did SoFi, how did, why was SoFi so, so successful? What was their trick? Yeah. So they, they use student debt uh, in in a very interesting way and they did produce a really good product, which was basically arbitrage. Um, And you could take private student debt where at the time you got it for 12% interest rates. And and we had loans like that, that were 12, 13% interest rate on a student loan. Mm -hmm. And if it's a private loan, like going private to private, it's no big deal. Uh, And if I go from, you know, a uh, loan with, uh, you know, I have like a private loan with Sally Mae uh, and it's 12%. And then five months in and says, oh, you have a job, you're stable and it's 4% now. You're like, okay, that's just that just makes sense yeah. and you could build a lot of trust that way. What I always thought was interesting with SoFi though is they, the servicer was technically Mohila. I don't know if they still do this, but um, you know, and Mohila is one of the Big federal four. student loan servicers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of a funny, uh, 
thing how there was one loan that I remember us refinancing uh, later once we had gotten on track and our incomes were at a level where we could take advantage of it. And uh, the uh, we were working with Mohila and then refied and then got back into Mohila, but like through SoFi. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, it's that's really stupid. funny. Well, I think what's so interesting, maybe like the airlines, I think school's going to have to be kind of national. I mean, if this goes on and there's like waves of, of, pand- of, of the flu, uh, mm-hmm. universities are going to be for, I mean, I don't know. They're going to be like, have it. Well, obviously the big schools have these, these good, these huge pension or these huge, uh, in, endowments, but not everyone. And so the pricing yeah, structure is going to be really interesting. And so what are you thinking about as a CEO in this space, as a founder in this space? What's like, what's this pandemic? Obviously there's some opportunity as from the company, but how are you thinking about mm-hmm. how it changes student lending? I think it's great uh, time to basically like bring up the conversation of what, how do we pay for education and how do we make it affordable in a way that doesn't bankrupt a whole generation? And I think the conversation is what I'm excited about. And you actually already see it with uh, some of the bills that are trying to come through the house just today, put one in that, you know, cancels 30 K of student debt. And we know that you know, just blanket forgiveness isn't going to work. You know, 45% of the government's assets are student loans. Oh, Um, so why won't blanket work? It'll work for the student. Why won't it work? Well, the government, I mean, the first thing is the government wouldn't get it through. So there's 45% of the government's assets are student loans and, you know, they're not going to just wipe that. And, and the reality is, um, what Even a, if they did, it doesn't huge solve the problem on the youth. That is 45% of the government debt. Uh, 45% of their assets, because to them, it's an asset. They get interest. Right. They get, they get, they treat it as an asset, but it's in, That's I mean, if you absurd. think about it, we're looking at every month, they make 6 billion in interest income. Off, so off the slave labor student of college debt. student debt. Oh my God. Yeah. We're this and a real dilemma. So the conversation needed to happen. Yeah. And I'm happy it will. I mean, yeah. I don't know about the universities. I think we're going to see a lot of them, uh, you know, if, depending on how long this goes, I think we'll see a lot of them that either restructure the way they find are financed or just kind of consolidate their resources. Um, I, I'm seeing some that are doing desperate things like reopening too early. I think Liberty university, I just saw today is trying to reopen in like the beginning of April. Yeah. But that like, sounds like the whole government <laughs> thinking the same thing, right? Yeah. I think, um, the, yeah, there's this weird thing right now where I'm in Brooklyn, things are really escalating and for everybody here, and I'm hearing signs that we should like, that it's like getting better from the <laughs> federal government. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's certainly not getting better right now. And we should strap in for, for a really long time about like, you know, what is going to happen from COVID and we need to really rethink the way that we, we work in the next couple of months. Wow. Okay. Um, so the conversation is a good thing because it sounds like the numbers are uh, staggering. So we had to have this conversation. Elizabeth Warren didn't do a good job. Um, that's why she's not final candidate because she really understood this problem. Her message was lost. Mm-hmm. So what is the conversation? What should the conversation be about if it was up to you? Yeah, I, I just think that there's a simplicity that that doesn't exist for borrowers right now um, that could be influenced by policy and the right tech tools. And I think you'll see if you look at the history of the way FSAs reacted 
to to this. They're, they're aligned with the borrower. And, and in fact, they're aligned with, with our vision, which is we want debt to be transparent and clear. And we want it to be obvious, you know, uh, what that relationship is like. It shouldn't be focused on keeping you in debt. It should be the opposite. And especially when you're talking about federal debt, like they want borrowers to succeed. It, it helps our economy. And, you know, the problem is the more flexible you make the rules, which is what the government's done with federal loans, the more that servicers and other, other you know, incentives can, can basically be misaligned. So things like forbearance um, can be devastating to a borrower's finances. And I recently wrote about how this administrative forbearance, since it doesn't guarantee you know, that interest won't capitalize existing interest, not, not, the, not the currently accruing ones, that could actually be like hugely devastating if somebody entered the administrative forbearance they're offering as part of COVID. And I think- So one more time, one more better, time, that's the government's first reaction. They, they, what was the first thing they did here? And it's confusing. Yeah, the waiver. Yeah, it is so confusing, what is it? honestly. So, so what yeah. did they offer? They offered, so they offered a waiver first. That was the first thing uh, where you they would set interest rates on federal federally held loans for to zero percent for a sixty day period. Okay. And they also have offered what's called administrative forbearance. Um, and they didn't need an act of Congress technically. I know there's still some debate about the legality of it, but no one's really going there because of how crazy things are. Um, basically, what that does for a borrower says hey, just pause your payments um, and we'll take care of the interest that accrues during the forbearance period. So that means people can just pause payments for 60 days. The problem is that the for, like, there's so many layered rules from the 20 years of student loan regulation mm-hmm. that if you put someone on forbearance, unless you, unless you specify exactly what type of forbearance it is and what will happen with the interest that's already accrued for a borrower, um, then the servicers could do what's called interest capitalization at the end of that period, which would take whatever interest you have outstanding and add it to your principal, meaning that's your new principal, and then your interest balloons over time. So that's why we see a lot of this stuff happens to borrowers already. I mean, they have a lot of processes that servicers have put in place, but no servicer it was ready for a pandemic. And I think what the government needs is more adaptable tools and frankly, servicers as well would benefit from, you know, the tech sector having a, a part of this. And so, I think that's what I've what I've noticed. And so you went in and your gizmo, your API, just ref- to explain how that works. Yeah. So essentially, the way it works is we'll work with a, a partner, um, and all they have to do is, you know, send us a little bit of information about that borrower will provide a personalized assessment immediately, like in seconds, on things that they can do, um, regardless of their situation. And right. then, so in a perfect will, world, you a student they know you open up your Chase account and says, "Hey, we notice you have student debt. Read this." Mm-hmm. Right. In a yeah. perfect world, that's how Chase would respond tomorrow, like Citibank, if they had if they integrated your API and the marketing team or their customer support team or their or their sales team realize this was a, a, a dilemma or a panic, that's the first thing that theoretically could pop up. Oh, yeah. I mean, they already have the data is, is the reality for right. a lot of these, uh, a lot of our customers. They have access to it, whether they're using Plaid and they're a fintech company and they use the liabilities endpoint, or whether they're a bank and they already know about the liabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, we can just, like right now, they could they could hit our API and immediately provide an insight. And 
and that would help so many bars immediately. Um, and that builds a lot of trust and it, no one's doing that. Everyone's saying, go like, you know, either go to this webinar or go, uh, you know, read this article. And it's like, nobody, people just want solutions right now. And so what do kids do? Do they, you think they just yeah. Google this? Like what, what, what are they doing? Asking their friends? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first thing they're told to do is call their servicer. Okay. Uh, then they stay on, stay on hold for two hours and then they get bail on it. They t- ask their friends and then they go on Reddit. Most people are getting the best information oh. on Reddit right now. Wow. Um, and it's it's every, because, like I mentioned, the problem's personalization. Everyone's circumstances are sure. different. Sure. You're so you go to Reddit, what are they recommending? I mean, there's like a bunch of subreddits and, you know, people will just ask questions and it's the only real place that they can get answers uh, that are personal to them. And that's what you're seeing is like personalization is hard. It's like the repayment options being presented can save ours a lot of money, Mm -hmm. but they just need to know. They don't know what they don't know. So there's a lot of they're seeking guidance. They want guidance and you need to meet them where they're at. And I think that's what I experienced as a borrower was, hey, I (laughs) I really needed help. You know, I remember making, uh, being on forbearance for three years when I could have been on an income driven plan, that was a $20,000 mistake when I look back on it. And I could have, could have just signed up for income driven options. They were available at the time. Government would have subsidized most of the interest charges. There's just so much that I I could have benefited if I had had this tech. Um, and, but we luckily did. I mean, the reality is we want to get this tech in front of as many borrowers as possible because, uh, you know, we're saving them so much money. So on and a day-to-day they, they basis, you, after building the API, you're now calling on banks and fintech startups to integrate this, correct? Yeah. Any company that wants to integrate it, we have a wait list you can sign up for. We'll put you in the sandbox. Where do they go? So Where do they go? Yeah, just go to payitoff.io. Right. Um, and you can start sandboxing this uh, straight away. And we have we have been, our phones have been ringing off the hook because of this crisis. And we've been pushing really hard to just get as much out there and respond as quickly as possible. Um, so there's there's a lot here that needs to be done for borrowers today. So say your best friend comes to you tomorrow, How, you, they can't go through pay it off, so where do you direct them? So we, I mean, I actually have a better answer once we do our release next week, but okay. we do have a partner we're working with that okay. that's where I'd send them. That's what I'm Because saying. it's going to so, be using yeah. our enrollment. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I'll, so I'll, 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 I'll hold this and post it when I post the blog post then. I'll hold this podcast okay, cool. just so that we can just kill two birds with one. So next week, if you're listening to the podcast and you hear this, you'll just go to my blog, howardlinson.com, and it'll have uh, this up there. Or, or I guess you'll have it on your site too, pay it off yep. in a week. Exactly right. Great. Okay. So so that's exciting. I mean, and so what's it like in the middle of a panic? Luckily for you, you freshly raised capital seed. I think we're your seed. It's a seed round or is this a seed plus round that we did? Yeah, we did a seed round. Um, we're probably going to announce more of that publicly next week too. But yeah, we did the seed round. You guys were, were really excited to have you in the round. Um, well, you have so to say that. It's been awesome. The, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can talk to Canute when I hang up and tell him what it's really like. The, uh, cause you've seen me fall asleep in meetings already. The, <laughs> I worry about it, I go, Bob, it's, it's too warm in this room. I'll be asleep in about five seconds. Lucky Gary was in the meeting. So, so, yeah. so you went out pre pandemic 
and we were, mm-hmm. you know, I was introduced to you through Russ Freighton, who's an LP of ours, an mm-hmm. investor in Chime, yep. and he said, you got to meet Bobby. Uh, and, you know, it took a little while for us to connect in person, and then when we connected in person, yada, 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 investment with Struck Capital in LA, correct? Yes. It's two of us. But before that, you had taken a little bit of seed money, or you just built it on your own bootstrap? Yeah, so um, actually just bootstrapped it. Yeah. We had worked on a... Um, at first, we like tried for the first like two months just to get uh, more of like a D to C thing, which is I think still sitting on the site somewhere. Yeah. But then we pivoted because a bunch of financial institutions and advisors, specifically financial advisors like RIA, interesting, used our planning tool for like essentially a year and a half, where we were making good revenue, kind of ramen product if you can think about it that way. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then when we once we realized like what we had under the hood and that every borrower could benefit, not just doctors and dentists. Mm-hmm. That's when we were, we were like, Hey, let's like expose this as an API. Cause there's a ton of borrowers that could benefit from hey, like a default recovery endpoint, you know, like all sorts of things that we can build based on how good we have personalization down. So that's a, uh, that's, that's when we were like, all right, we need to also find some good partners because we need capital to be able to do that. So Got that's it. how we ended up here. So timing wise, you you've lucked out in a sense. Everybody, you know, it's always a little bit of luck in that you're flush with the money you need for a year or two and to continue to build and get your first partners launched. And, uh, you already have revenue and you're very lean. Is there, so you haven't had a panic like most startups right here. No, actually, in fact, we're, we're kind of having the opposite reaction, which is, um, you know, I think what, what we're noticing is it's our value prop is crystal clear in moments like these, mm-hmm. because this is how it's always been for borrowers. Like this is the yeah, reality. This is no different. And, than uh, this is just at least yeah. the government's talking about it, <laughs> throwing stupid ideas at it or ide- they're throwing yeah. what they would at it. Well, they're throwing gasoline on the fire. They're just saying, yeah, they're, they're trying. Yeah, yeah they're, they're just trying. throwing money at it because they can. They're but trying. It's, and but I it's think not even efficient for the government solutions. to do it the way they're doing, because this is like a huge part of the balance sheet. It, it is. And I think what we seek to do is be a, a great partner in this with the, with the government. Yeah. I, what we want to do is is help them with this and, and show the ways that our solution is helping in the wild. Because at the end of the day, we are aligned. We want borrowers to succeed. So that that's what we're all about. And that's what's coming from like a very personal place. Yeah, uh, if you, if you want experience. the borrowers to succeed, you want the government to succeed. So who's the perfect person inside the existing administration that I have to tweet at? Um, inside the existing administration, I, I would say. Nicely, um, not in my normal mean snickering way, but in a, I, was just in a, say. I represent pay it off and, uh, <laughs> and I'll change my avatar I, to a guy in a tuxedo. Like who am I supposed there to, you go. who Perfect. am I supposed to paint? Yeah. I mean, I think the like the boss is the secretary and she's the one that, that is making All the, right, we're not doing the that. Fuck her. Okay. <laughs> no, but anyway, she's the one, so we're fucked. We're all fucked. <laughs> I think what we have to do is the FSA has has a lot of great leadership. They brought in some new folks. I think Colleen Campbell's new there. She's leading a lot of the next gen initiatives. So anyone there who um, so if any of our listeners know these people, please hit me up. Let's 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 make a difference here because this is a win win. If we if if pay it off works, the government benefits too because it's an efficiency thing. It's really just an educational. Exactly. It's a conversation that'll lead to education that'll lead to both sides winning. The win-win-win. That's yeah. why APIs are supposed to work. 
Right. Yeah. And I think that's what, what we're seeing in the wild is that we're seeing massive outcomes. We have one partner who had over 300 per month in monthly payment reductions per borrower. So you're seeing like huge outcomes and immediate cash flow effects. And that's that's the kind of thing that we're bringing to the table. Got it. Anything else that you uh, want to get across about pay it off that I've interrupted or we've forgotten? <laughs> well, I think I think the big thing is that if you're a fintech company or, or you work at a bank or credit union, just talk to us. You know, we want to we can get you deployed on something ASAP. Like we've been our team is really experienced in. I mean, we've we've got just such heavyweight engineers. Our CTO Desmond is an incredible leader, um, and uh, he actually started the conference MPEX that uh, is um, a. It's both in LA and New York. They are. He's a, quite a thought leader in the Elixir Erlang community, which is what WhatsApp is built on, as well as many hmm. telecom systems and things like that. So, you know, we have strong technical leadership. I'm really proud of our team, and I've never seen a team with this much velocity. So if you want to work with a team like that, that is working on one of the most prominent problems it's in the, our generation. It's, the, it's then, the problem, besides the current pandemic, The the this is a pandemic. Everybody's got the virus. Everybody owes too much money. Uh, rent are going to so so one of the things that's working in people's favor from this pandemic is, is prices are going to come down in rent uh, the next thing mm-hmm. that needs to happen is there needs to be some efficiency so people can spend money on real goods in this economy not just stupid interest uh, is is to make it more efficient on the second largest thing which would be student debt so uh, I agree so that's a great cause um, why is there is it just because tech wasn't there yet or why did pay it? Why didn't why it now? exist? Yeah. Why now? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a million the, dollar question. Like, are you too early or is it just too clunky? out oh, there? Oh yeah. yeah. That's what I learned in my first startup. My first startup, we were way too early and I, I spent a lot of time thinking about the timing of this. Um, I think you're seeing, I think our timing is, is excellent uh, for a couple of reasons. The first is um, there's obviously been a high level of visibility on this problem and it's getting more clear by the day. I mean, you see, you see in the election debates that it's always a topic, you know, it's, it's something mm-hmm. that's top of mind that isn't going away. Mm-hmm. And we've seen waves. You saw a wave of startups that didn't do well in student debt maybe 10 years ago, because they were far too early. It wasn't an economic drag like it is today. It's literally keeping people from buying homes, myself included. So right. you know, the, it's like so the, important. Like, There's money just sitting there. And Elizabeth Warren, who's like, they're throwing these simple solutions when there's some solutions that just make sense out there. You, you know what I mean? There are solutions. There are. And I think that's what I've been trying to communicate. Every time you read an article about borrowers, Ugh. it's about how, how, how sad that is. And, oh, I'm so, the bar is such a, you know, they're in such a terrible place and woe is borrower. But the truth is you need to empower borrowers. They have so mm-hmm. many options. They have so many options and they don't know about it because they keep reading about this, uh, you know, oh, I'm such, I'm in a horrible place and look at, look at what these borrowers are going through. It's like, no, they actually have a lot of options and you have control as a borrower, you have control. You just haven't been given the right tools yet. And that's, that's what we're focused on completely getting the right tools out there. And the functionality like our enrollment functionality as an endpoint has never existed before, just never existed. So it's new. This is, we are bringing like new solutions and fresh solutions that are that can scale and that can get to these borrowers. Wait a minute. You're telling me I made a good investment? Yeah, I think so. Oh. In my opinion. Whew. You know, I just write checks <laughs> like a lunatic. Sometimes I don't even remember who it was to. <laughs> so I'm glad you let me do it. 
Knut, what do you think? I got lucky, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think you got lucky oh, this time. Man. <laughs> I'm starting to make sense to me, this idea. <laughs> the, that's good. Uh, now it's starting to make sense. Yeah, that's why I like Bobby the first time I met him. It's like, you know, you combine domain experience with technical expertise, with uh, passion, with the big TAM, tech team. What did he call it yesterday, Ryan? Tech team TAM. You know, TAM's massive. That's why everybody's in this space. Uh, mm-hmm. But you understand the tech and you're putting together the team, and I guess you get the fourth thing right, timing, and you know, that's how big things happen. So I'm hoping the timing's right. Just uh, for a founder, you got to maneuver now. If you really believe you got the domain experience and the team and the TAM is there, now you got to just stay alive and kind of find the hole. So uh, that's why we're here to help. If you're listening here and know uh, uh, Liz Bang Warren, or uh, Vossy Water Voss, whatever her name is, Billionaire Voss, or anybody on that team, hit us up. You go to payitoff.io. I guess you have like a customer support uh, tool right there that people can just leave you a quick message if they want to help. And uh, Bobby and team will uh, direct people. And then uh, next week on the site, you'll have your partners up there that uh, people can uh, and consumers can go through. Yeah, that's right. All right, beautiful, Bobby. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for not panicking. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, we're just executing. Just execute. Uh, when in doubt, execute. That's right. All right, my man. Right. Talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Cheers. There you go. Tech Team Tam. Yeah. Timing. What a great uh, API solution for uh, borrowers. Well, now you're seeing the tech doesn't matter. Sometimes you can't have, you can have the best tech if no one knows about it. It's not going to matter. Very true. So he's like kind of got a really, not as he a geek, he's really like front facing, which, you know, sometimes that's when good things happen is when you're not just sitting behind the computer, you understand the story, you're talking, explaining the mission to get the conversation going. So it ain't easy being a founder. That's kind of the message here. You can't just build a great product. You also got to be doing all the stuff. Yep. You got to get out there, the marketing, everything. All right, Canute. Okay. Three down today, panic with friends. It seems to be a little less panic, but he's right in the heat of Brooklyn. Brooklyn, is it, there's, it's, there's a lot of cases there. So uh, we wish everybody well in Brooklyn, and we'll talk to everybody in the next podcast.